Yeah, uh, because I'm a man of, of uh, contrast, I will say that I've completely realized something had changed, but I, I certainly cannot claim that I had any clarity about what it was supposed to look like, like what the next steps were supposed to be. There was no epiphany of, okay, this happened, so now that means this is now your path and this is what your life was going to look like. The only thing I knew for sure was that you know, I, I kind of sat there shaking my head like, no, 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 no. Like the next time, you know, we're none of us are getting out of this alive. But for me, it was like, you know, if I when I find myself in a situation like that where I know I'm about to check it out, I'm not going to feel that 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 damn regret again. Like that is not going to happen. I'm going to look over my shoulder and regardless of what it looks like, it's not going to be me being upset because you know, I kind of sat in a corner and just let life happen. That's Aaron Keith Hawkins, and I'm Brian Felchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Felchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey day doers, welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. I've got someone who's really important and special to me to bring to you today. His name is Aaron Keith Hawkins. Aaron and I met, I don't know, a little little over a year ago, something like that. Um, he was going to have me on his show and we just got to talking and hey, I mentioned it pretty soon in, in the episode, but I had, uh, I had been on my way to catch a train and actually let the train go. <laughs> I purposely missed my train because I didn't want to get off the phone with him. And that's when I knew, like, this is a very special, different, important person who is going to be a big part of my life going forward. And that's the way it's turned out. We've gotten really close. Um, we're in a weekly group together because we're all working towards the same kind of thing, and that's having an impact on other people's lives. Aaron even came out to hear me at my first TED Talk in person, which uh, is pretty amazing. So it's just great to look out in the audience and have a familiar, supportive face, um, someone there to give me a big high five when it was done. That's just the kind of person that he is. And he's like that for a lot of people. You know, I'd like to think I'm special, but I'm not, because Aaron gives so much of himself in an unbelievably genuine way. So let me tell you a little bit about him, and then we'll jump into the episode so he can share his story directly. He is the host of a show called Unbreakable Success. He's a high-performance coach who works with entrepreneurs and individuals. He works on relationships and leadership and all kinds of things that ultimately tie to the idea of influence. And not just influencing others, but it starts with influencing yourself. And we're going to definitely get into all that. He's also a police captain. He has a military background. He was on the SWAT team. Like he's he's a, It's so interesting to me to hear the... Um, emotional intelligence and then to hear that he's also had this really you know um, structured law enforcement kind of background obviously um, physicality is a big piece of that it, it suggests me like it's a really well-rounded person who understands a lot of very high pressure high stakes situations and yet he stays calm he stays cool he stays collected and he stays really inspirational I'm so personally excited to bring you this episode to share Aaron with all of you. He's an unbelievable human being, about as genuine as they come. And I know you are going to hear his story, his message, and what he's trying to inspire in others and feel inspiration for yourself. So with that, let's get into the episode with Aaron. 
Aaron, Keith Hawkins, thank you so much for making some time for me tonight, buddy. Brian, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. This is uh, this is pretty cool. We're finally getting to hook up like this. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to make you feel awkward for a second. And you may not realize <laughs> this, but you're my best friend. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I did know that, as a matter of oh, fact. Okay. I was going right. to remind you today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Just for, for recapping for people's sake, we met, um, obviously you know this, but um, we had this call prepping for whether I'd be a guest on your show or not, and if I was yeah. a fit for what you were looking for. And um, I've told you this, which you didn't know at the time, but like I, I was waiting for a train. I ended up missing my train on purpose because I didn't want to get off the phone. We just, uh, we yeah. just, like, I wish we were recording that call. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I loved when I was actually on the show, but you and I are getting close, man. You're the only person I know who actually came out to my TED Talk. So a little, yeah. little shame for my family, but it was a hike for them. And <laughs> it was a hike for you, too, but you made it. Um, don't, don't worry, family. I am extra special. So, you know, he things is. happen. He is. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, I'll try not to do any more awkwardness and, and uh, making you feel embarrassed or anything for the rest of the show. But I, I just want to say, and I think by the end of this, everyone else will feel almost as close to you, but how thankful I've been to have uh, gotten connected with you originally and the amount of support and just everything. Like we're, we're on a similar path. Yeah. I feel like we've gone through a lot of these steps together. You know, one of us might do one thing first and then the other one learns through the, the pain and mistakes of the first. Yeah. But um, I've been unbelievably thankful for probably a year now, right? Since we've gotten yeah. connected. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm psyched to be able to flip the mic around because you have interviewed so many people with so many inspirational stories, but, yeah. but you don't, I don't feel like your, the power of your full story has come out enough yet. So I'm yeah, psyched you know to what? do that. You're, you're speaking of inspiration and, and it's funny as you're talking about getting my story out uh, more, it's, it's something that you've inspired me to do more. So I've been, you know, I'm, I'm watching my account of, interviews just pile up and I I, I, w I would say that I don't know if I never told you this but that would be a lie because I do know I never told you this but <laughs> I've been getting out I've been on so many other shows largely because I've seen how much you've um because of your example of sharing so much of what you've been through and what you're doing and uh it's been an inspiration to me so the feeling goes both ways man oh cool and I think for both of us the number of shows we've been on that only happened because of a connection one of the two of us made Sure. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. So, all right. So no, no pressure on me not to screw this up. So I kill all that, but, um, <laughs> no, I just, you know, be, we may never actually get to any content in this show. Just going to be a back and forth. Like, no, you're great. No, you're great. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Yeah. I promise that we're going to scale down the love fest and we're going to get to some good stuff. We're not going to start debating which one of us is actually called Schmoopy <laughs> for all the Seinfeld fans out there. All right. Let's enough uh enough swooning over each other um, yeah aaron who the other than than the three name thing who are you what do you do what are you all about today and then obviously there's a journey to that that we are going to pick apart but what's in a nutshell what's your current focus all about yeah my current focus um if i'm going to put so trying to put some context on it is i am by day uh, cue to theme music. Uh, I'm actually still a police captain. As you know, I got uh, less than one year left before I'm fully retired from that position that I've been blessed to be involved with since, gosh, 1995, which is insane to say that out loud. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, I'm a podcast host, like you said, B. I'm an author now. Um, I'm a professional coach, uh, keynote speaker, 
And, you know, I, I, you know, what's funny, I like the word influencer, I think it's a really strong word. But I still hedge it when I when I'm about to say it about myself, because it just it feels yeah. kind of pretentious. Yeah. But, you know, when when people describe influencers, I, I mean, if we're honest, it's it's kind of this stuff that we love to do and share. So, mm. you know, I'm going to say it for the first time without with, with complete humility. I, I, I love being able to do all those different things. So, yeah, podcaster, coach, speaker, online trainer, uh, all those things are, are what I do. And you know, really all of it's focused around uh, influence of the self and helping people discover how to influence their lives uh, personally and professionally um, at an authentic level. Yeah, and that's, of course, a key focus for you, influence, sure. and that's what your book is all about, Million Dollar yeah. Influence. Um, and you, you influence me, so if that's worth anything, then you're an influencer, even if it's one person, but I know Appreciate you have it. bigger influence than that. Now, we'll say you screwed up this whole, like, my job by day, because usually that <laughs> phrase doesn't start with, I fight crime by day. It's You're supposed to fight crime at night, and you've got it backwards. So uh, you can work on that one. Yeah, I'm um, sure, I'm sure. So, um, I, you know, I, I, uh, I want to dig into your pivotal moment. And I mean, that was something that we connected on right off the bat, because when you were telling the story of it, there were so many parallels with what I had gone through with my wife's situation, the timing, yeah. the, the fear in it, um, what it sparked as a result. So I don't want to get in the way of you telling your story, but, um, while I've heard it before, yeah, I still... I still get so much out of hearing it, I think, because of how much it personally resonates for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to get out of your way, but I want to hear the story because to me, like, that's, that's such a crucial moment of forcing clarity. Yeah, it's, it's funny in hindsight how much that day influenced pretty much every aspect of my life now. Um, it's only been not quite a decade now. It was December of 2009. And as I said, you know, as I mentioned, I've been a police officer since the 90s. And um, I'd come home from work and had a relatively normal day. I think my wife says I was a little keyed up about something that happened during the day, but it wasn't anything, you know, extraordinary. And I wound up going to bed uh, that night and I woke up at, at 1.30, about 1.30 something in the morning. And Brian, as you know, I had this massive, massive pain in my chest. And it was weird because it, it is a, until then, I didn't realize how awkward it can feel to have massive pain as you're waking. Uh, and I, I remember I was laying on my side and I was staring at the wall. And I, as I woke up, I realized my hand was clutching my chest and the, the pain was like a 12 on a one to 10 scale. It wow. was radiating down my arm. And as I'm slowly waking myself up into some clarity, I, I realized that something's way off. Um, I had been cross-trained as an emergency medical technician for about 13 years at that point. So I'm self-diagnosing now and realizing <laughs> it's it's the middle of the night and something pretty off-kilter is going on. Well, when you so, have that, the pain radiating, radiating down your arm, if I can sure. even say that, that's one of those um, those heart attack telltale, you know, yes. that, like, yeah. is, is it transmitting down your arm that's one of the things that they'll ask you on the phone so i can imagine yeah. you're trying to keep it collected and, and and under control yet also completely freaking out because you almost know too much for your own good 
Yeah, and that's definitely what it was a situation where I, I wish I didn't know so much. And I, I wound up sitting up, and my wife was still sleeping next to me. Uh, our daughter Sophia, she was she was three years old at the time. That's how it just sounds crazy to think about that. She's taller than Kathy now, um, but she was down the hall sleeping in her room, and. I sat up and I I did what seemed like it made sense at the time, which was to try to stand up and walk it off, because you know when those things kind of happen, it you could, there's a there's an initial sense of denial that something could potentially be that wrong. Yeah. Um. But after after the course of a few seconds, I realized that it was the pain was actually getting worse and nothing was getting better. So I knew I had I was suddenly hit with this realization or this reality that if I didn't wake up my wife. That, and I was having a heart attack, that there's a very good chance that one or both of them were going to find me in the morning on the ground if I if I didn't make it. So that freaked me out even worse and uh, prompted me to wake her up. And so I just shook her. I, I, I shook her foot. I'd made my way to the foot of the bed by then. Um, I woke her up and said, babe, you got to get up and you got to call 911. I, I think I'm having a heart attack and talk about some of the most surreal words you have to, you have to say to somebody. Yeah. And she, <clears throat> it was, it's, it's weird. She kind of leapt out of, she leaped out of bed like instantly uh, with those wide saucer eyes and looked at me and she said, are you sure? And I tried for one last second, I tried to collect myself and to see if I could kind of deep breathe my way out of it. Um, but I, I realized there was, there was, there's no, you know, it it wasn't getting better; it was getting worse. Yeah. So I, I said, "Yeah, go ahead. You got I, you really have to call." So as soon as she started dialing the numbers, um, it felt like I had a big dial on my back that was labeled energy, and it felt like somebody was just turning that energy way down, and I couldn't hold myself up anymore. I just collapsed wow. at the foot of the bed, and I lay there. I was I I could not I couldn't move anymore, and I managed to control the fall, so I was kind of sitting up. Uh, with my back leaning against the the foot of the bed, but I couldn't move anymore. I could hear, but it only I could only hear muffled sounds as if I were like underwater, and my vision started closing off. Like it was like curtains on a stage closing, mm. and it was. And, and I started doing the quintessential begging of you know, God, let me see my daughter grow yeah. up. Like I, I wanted to see her grow up, and I truly thought I was checking out. And then I got hit with something that I didn't expect, because if you would have told me two weeks before that, that something like this was going to happen instantly, I would have had fear, like I would have been scared of dying. But when it happened unexpectedly like this, the weird thing is that I didn't have any fear. And instead, what I had was this overwhelming sensation of regret. Wow. I mean, and it, and it, and it hit me like it hit me like a Mack truck. Because number one, I didn't expect to feel regret. I'm like, well, you know, why do I feel so much regret? Life was life was great. I mean, I was doing so much better than I ever expected to be at that point. Life was really good. I had my wife is amazing. Our, our daughter was literally a miracle. It took us, you know, we spent years trying to have her. We didn't think we were going to have a child, and and we had her, and she was amazing. And I had the stable career. I had great friends that I worked with. We had great personal friends. Like things were really good, but. In this moment, all I could feel was this wave of regret that I had left so many things undone. It felt like a vacuum behind me of like emptiness that I hadn't tried to 
accomplish more. Like I had more to give. And it wasn't about things that I didn't get. It was about things I didn't give. So for example, I, I suddenly had this realization, like, why weren't you a better husband? Why weren't you a better dad? Why weren't you a better friend? Why didn't you influence more people or impact people's lives more than you actually did? And, it, and it's, and again, like I said, it's not, I, I, I felt then and I still feel now that I'm, I was a good guy. Yeah. So it's not like there were these wrong, hideous things going on in my world. It was just that I realized I had been coasting. And feeling that realization as you think you're in your last few seconds, I mean, it rocked me to my core. And, you know, spoiler alert, I lived. <laughs> and I made it to the hospital and I wound up spending a while of spending a couple of days in the hospital, they found out very quickly that fortunately I did not have a heart attack. Um, they think I had a mini stroke. I had um, actually one of my friends, one of the police officers that showed up before the ambulance uh, said I had that facial droop on one side, which mm. is symptomatic of a stroke. Uh, so they think I had what they refer to as a TIA, which is a mini stroke. Um, but the good news is I came out of that whole situation Basically, with the the advice to start taking baby aspirin, and I should be okay. Like mm. I got I got no meds, I got no. Here's what you should do now. I was just kind of sent home, um, actually sent home a couple of days, feeling very very fortunate to be alive. And I know when when many people face traumatic situations, and certainly plenty of people have had far more trauma than that. Um, but we tend to a lot of times people come, tend to come out of that feeling like something needs to change but for me it was it was different i knew something had changed and uh that's that was the beginning of this almost decade long long journey now into what i've ultimately has ultimately turned into a a new uh a new mission for me yeah oh man there's there's so much i got to pull you back and go through yeah. again that so first of all, just on a physical side, was there any indication, like, were there lifestyle things going on for you that would have suggested you were at risk? Because you were pretty young to experience yeah. this. So what, was it just a, like a freak anomaly or was there some reason for it? That's exactly what my, my primary doctor, who was amazing, um, he could only describe it as a freak anomaly. I, like you said, I was young. I was 36 at the time. Or, I mean, I, I would lie and say I was younger, but yeah, I was 36 at the time, that's so I'm aging myself. Yeah, no, no, that's young. We're all yeah. gonna agree that that's young. Sure. Yeah. Certainly <laughs> for certainly for an event like that. Yeah. Uh, I was, yeah. was extremely young. I was 36. I, I mean, I worked out all the time. I was, you know, my, for, if if that had happened to me in my early 20s, I could have at least blamed it on the the junk food. But yeah. you know, my wife and I, we had a pretty had and still have a pretty healthy lifestyle. So there were no indicators. Uh, nothing leading up to and nothing since that suggested that this is why this is happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like to say it's, it was it was the scariest and best day of my life because it really was the catalyst for me to wake up and realize that I, I, I had in, what hurt me the most was the realization that I had been intentionally just fitting in. Just trying to be that average guy, and I just wanted to be accepted intentionally, and intentionally, and intentionally settled for average. That's the best way I can describe it. What What does that even look like? In because I, I've never heard this combination where people are like, you know, I was just coasting, I was just a, you know, it's sort of like asleep at the wheel. But you're talking about being that way on purpose. 
Yeah, it, it was. I, I alluded to this earlier, and I my and I mean to not to get melodramatic and go into childhood. No, go ahead. That's my I, style. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. But I would never tell you that. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, growing up, we didn't have uh, tons of money. I had a great home, great mom and dad, and you know we were never homeless. But we jumped around from house to house, and a lot of times money was. You know, for just like for many people in this country, money was always an issue. Yeah. So for me to have grown up and and I'll be completely honest with to say when I came out of high school, I had no idea what my long term life was going to look like. And fortunately, I wound up through a bunch of different means landing on in this career in law enforcement with some really close friends and having a lot of stability. And I'd, I'd actually recently been promoted for the first time. Uh, when this event happened. So I was doing so well. I just wanted to, I didn't want to lose that. And I was, I kind of embraced where I was knowing sort of intellectually that some people aspire to more things, but I hadn't, but, but I was so grateful for what I had that for me at that time, it would have felt guilty to me for me to really wholeheartedly try to do or be or experience something more than what I was already having. Um, that's that's what I mean when I say it was intentional. Like I was embracing what I had. So on the good side, I had this gratitude. Like I was totally mm -hmm. grateful for everything I had, my family, friends, career. But the double-edged sword to that is that I stayed there on purpose. Oh, okay. I, I didn't want to rock the boat. I get it. You know, and, is it a and, risk and thing? Well, it's funny because I had always dabbled in entrepreneurship. Like yeah. I always felt like there was something else I wanted, but I never really took it seriously. So I would dabble into, I did everything from starting my own landscaping company to uh, some modeling and acting. I was an extra on Law and Order a few wow. times. Like, I, had, I had done all these other things. Wasn't even sure. Well, the only thing inspiring me to do some of them at the time was money, mm -hmm. the, the idea of getting more money. But in my in my gut, it was always like, you know, stay in your lane and, you know, you can enjoy dabbling in other, other things. But this is who you are. You you, you kind of made it and <laughs> you're you're OK and be grateful for it and shut your mouth and sit up and sit, yeah. sit down and, and just kind of live the life you've been given. That was kind of the the unspoken and unwritten and really the unthought rules at the time. And, you know, because when I say that I intentionally stayed af a uh, average, it was an unconscious intention. Uh, and, and it was something I didn't clearly realize, obviously, until after this event happened. Okay. But in hindsight, I, I realized that, wow, dude, you were purposely just yeah. trying to stay right where you were. Yeah. Um, because you felt lucky for what you had. Yeah. I think for different reasons a lot of people are in that spot sure whether yes. it's because they feel lucky or because they're scared of yeah. what challenging what they have might look like or being expected to do more or failing or you know whatever whatever the reason um i think i think a lot of people are probably sitting there nodding right now yeah um at least like 50 million of the people listening to this episode because i'm sure it's <laughs> 60 70 million downloads so most people are are, are there right now sure. um <laughs> So there was something else that you said that really struck me is 
I think a lot of people who would tell a story like this, they would come out saying, and then I realized I had to change. And you very specifically didn't say, you, you said something quite differently, that I had changed. Yeah. So you came out yeah. a different man. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's really interesting. And, and one of the things I'd like to understand is in what ways and why was it so clear to you, but also what about the person who realizes they need to change but don't feel like they have? Like, is there something that you took from it that, like, it just, it all hit you together, but you realize this was the linchpin that just happened to process at the same time? Yeah, uh, because I'm a man of, of uh, contrast, I will say that I've, I, you're correct. I, I completely realized something had changed, mm. but I, I certainly cl cannot claim that I had any clarity about what it was supposed to look like, like what the next steps were supposed to be. There was no epiphany of, okay, this happened, so now that means... Right, this is my this path is what now. Yeah, this is now your path, and this is what your life was going to look like. The only thing I knew for sure was that, you know, I, I kind of sat there shaking my head like, no, 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 no. Like the next time, you know, we're, none of us are getting out of this alive. But for me, it was like, you know, if I, when I find myself in a situation like that where I know I'm about to check out, I'm not going to feel that, that, that damn regret again. Like that is not going to happen. I'm going to look over my shoulder and regardless of what it looks like, it's not going to be me, be me being upset because, you know, I kind of sat in a corner and just let life happen. Yeah. So uh, the only thing, what I did, I, I knew I had to do something immediately. Like there had to be some kind of action. So the, the quick answer for me was to go back to school because mm. I was, I was about maybe three quarters away towards my bachelor's degree. So I went back and enrolled in school and I wound up finishing my undergraduate and continued on and got my uh, graduate degree in leadership. But what was really more impactful than that, as much as I loved my education and I learned a ton, uh, kudos to University of Oklahoma. They did a phenomenal job with their uh, program. But um, I wound up for the first time in my life, because up until that point, I don't think I was in, I was ever within 10 feet of a self-help book ever <laughs> up until that point. And I was 36 when it happened. But I wound up realizing I wound up wanting to find. I wanted to find out why a good person like me, and many of the listeners out there, could be completely capable of doing way more than they were doing, but for some reason felt like they couldn't or shouldn't or they, there, there's this kind of this this illusion that we kind of been alluding to that life is just whatever it is yeah. and, and, and you're supposed to just stay there and ride on those rails and you know whatever plays out for you is what life is supposed to be i wanted to feel like i wanted to realize like what causes that so i started um i knew it wasn't a faith thing that i was looking for so the only name at that point that i knew when it comes to what do you do when you know you want to change your life and make your life better was tony robbins that was yeah. the only self-help name that popped into my head at that point and I didn't know what to expect. And quite frankly, I was completely skeptical of what I would hear or find or see. So I go to Google and I type Tony Robbins and the word scam after it because I didn't want to be taken oh, for man. a ride. So, yeah. so, I, so I wanted to, you know, I wanted to hear all the what all the naysayers had to say, because um, still I was I was just hedging my bet, so to speak. Um, but ultimately, after a couple of weeks of pondering, I wound up buying his Unleash the Power Within CD set. And I listened to it and I was I was hooked, not so much that I was hooked on him, 
I was hooked on how much pragmatism, like just down to earth, common sense things that made me go, wow, yeah, that is what I do. And I do catch myself doing those things. Mm. And, and so much of it made sense to me. I really got, um, I, I developed this really healthy obsession, really is, is how I looked at it, for just consuming um, personal development leaders and human psychology and motivational theory. And I, like I said, I was in school, so I was studying a lot of leadership theory and motivational theories and things anyway, and psychology and all that kind of stuff. So I really started indulging or um, ingesting all these things, both formally in college and then on my own. I just, you know, I kept buying these stacks of books from people like Tony and Robin Sharma and Zig Ziglar's and Les mm -hmm. Brown and all these different people. And I, I fell in love with it. And the main reason was, isn't because I thought it was so cool. It's because it was changing the way I was behaving and thinking. Yeah. And that started impacting my family and that started impacting my relationships and that started impacting my career. And by no means is it any accident that from the day this incident happened to just a couple of years later, I went from a guy that had barely made sergeant to captain of the agency. Mm. It certainly wasn't because I became some kind of rock star it's because I started applying what I was learning. Yeah. And these things actually changed how I was showing up and what I was demanding of myself and how I was communicating. Um, my, my standards completely changed. And don't get me wrong. I, you know, I made, I, I, I don't know that I can claim any fewer mistakes, but there was a lot more intention to who I was trying to show up as. And what ultimately wound up happening was that parlayed into, um, because I still was kind of in my world, so to speak. I was kind of in this box that, you know, because this is your career, you have to do these things. So yeah. I kind of had, I had, developed other aspirations to be maybe a security director somewhere or, you know, work in corporate after his career was over. But I realized that I didn't have to stay where I was. Mm. And what happened was one day, um, my wife, Kathy, she asked me, she happened to ask me, we were having a conversation. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but she happened to ask me during my law enforcement career, she asked what was the most enjoyable, what's been up to that point, the most enjoyable thing that you did on your job. And I had done, I'd been involved in kind of everything. I, I wound up getting like seven different instructor certifications for everything from firearms to defensive, defensive tactics and all this cool stuff. I was on a SWAT team for about I was just going to say, yeah, you were on a SWAT team. Yeah, for like 15 years. I wound up oh. being a team leader before I hung the boots up. And But what I told her without any hesitation was I loved teaching. Like I loved teaching. I taught at the police academy for years and there was nothing more fun to me ever than getting in front of a group of people or one-on-one -on -one with somebody and helping them understand something better, mm. whether it was how to protect themselves or whether it was some case law, criminal law, whatever the, the context was of my teaching, um, the topic I was teaching, it didn't matter. I just loved that interaction. I, I thrived on it. And that's when sh shortly thereafter, I had this light bulb moment that hey, you're consuming all this stuff and you're just fully en engrossed in in this human performance and what people are, you know, finding out what people are truly capable of. And it's changing your life, literally changing mm. your life across the board. You are a complete dunce <laughs> if you haven't yet realized that this is your jam. Like you have to start, you must start teaching this. And to be honest, Brian, I, that scared the heck out of me because the thought of me 
being the guy I was, you know, the big 6'4", 230, well, all right, 240 pound, <laughs> tough guy. It all rounds. Teaching this, uh, you know, this, what much, uh, many of the people in my environment would look at as these, these soft sciences. Yeah. Was just unheard of. Yeah. Um, so, but I was like, you know what, I'm doing it anyway. So I built this website and man, it was horrible. I, I got, I should have saved some screenshots of my original website because it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was beyond whatever, however bad you think it might've been like the first iteration, it was a hundred times worse. I swear. Self-love man. It's okay. <laughs> but it, I know, <laughs> but I did it anyway. And, and that started that every decision like that. Uh, it's, it's funny. Um, guy named Mario Perucci, uh, 10 minute mindset podcast. He asked me a few weeks ago, he kind of asked me to to break down how I wound up getting to where I was today from where I started out. Yeah. And the very simple answer I gave him and, I, and I'll give to you and everybody listening today is I just started doing things that scared the crap out of me that I really wanted to do. That's awesome. Again, that's so different from it, it, where it just, you were at before. Yeah. It just, it, whatever scared me that, that i that whatever I felt in my gut that I really wanted to do and it scared me, I just forced myself to do it. And and I am not a believer in no fear. That is the biggest lie on the planet. And, and trust me, yeah. from a guy that used to kick in doors looking for homicide suspects for a living, there is no such thing as no fear. But there is such a thing as there are things more important than that fear. Yes. And that's how I was able to kind of transition from that in my, you know, especially a SWAT environment where there were plenty of things to be scared of tons of times. But there was something more important in that. There was the, you know, the men and women in front and back of you and the, the, the mission that you're on. So that is something where I had a bit of an advantage when it came to being in scary situations. And trust me, you know, launching a website was a bit less scary than some of the other stuff I had done, but it was scary in a different way. Yeah. It was, it was kind of, it was that, you know, that vulnerability and that being exposed as an individual to, you know, let your thoughts out there. It's not something I'd never done before, but that's, that's what I started doing. I just kept doing these little things one by one that I knew I wanted to do, but this, they scared the hell out of me. I just decided to do them anyway, one at a time. Oh, um, we've, we've moved so far past it. So I don't, I don't mean to take us back, but that word yeah, regret no. is really hanging with me. Yeah. Cause, and it's hard for me cause obviously I didn't know you back then. It's, it's even like, it's hard for me to picture you as a SWAT team member, leader, anything <laughs> yeah. I can see physically. I get it. You know, and especially yeah. like when you're wearing all black, I could totally see that. <laughs> but, but you're this introspective, thoughtful, yeah. um, hyper intelligent and um, like uh, observant person, which, which I guess actually you put all that together and that makes you perfect for it. But there's a yeah. softness is the wrong word, but it's it, as soon as you said, like kicking in the door, I can't see that. Yeah. I can well, see I you knocking and to be honest, all right. I, I never used a boot. It wasn't a foot. Yeah, it was a ram. I get, I could see you knocking, being like, "Hey, man, we got to talk," you know. <laughs> and I'm sure it didn't go that way. But yeah, well, a lot of times that's who I was. That that's yeah. what made the job so fun. I I'd, I've always been the the nice guy. Yeah. Like I think my first award of my life was like in third or fourth grade, where I got the most friendly trophy. So I've always been see, that, that I could of, see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's always been kind of me, and I, you know, people kind of knew me as that guy. I could talk my way out of most things yeah. and talk people down. So I, I, I was more proud of the fights I was able to talk myself out of mm. than the ones I engaged in well, and, and won. Those are the ones the, you live another day for. Yeah. 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 It, it, you know, that, that, that is as 
big as I was, and I was, you know, one of those workout guys, or I got, I got pretty big at, at one point, or uh, when I, you know, because I had to protect myself. And yeah. It, it certainly went with the territory, but, but that wasn't the goal. Yeah. Was to overpower anyone. The goal was to just protect everyone. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it it, it kind of parlayed into what I'm doing now pretty well. Yeah. But I think you know as much as as that is a that that's a, an opposing view of you that is a little bit hard for me to put together i i can get there but the regret one like going back to it that word is really yeah. sticking with me cuz that's of all the words of all the sentiments and emotions i might put together if someone asked me to talk about you and what's going on inside of you that word like that wouldn't even make the list for be, me to be like <laughs> well that's not what it is like I, it wouldn't yeah. even have crossed my mind so yeah. I'm so curious about it. And, and when you talked about it as, you know, am I being the husband that I want to be or am I a good enough husband? That's one of the things that stood out to me from our first conversation is yeah. the strength of family in your message. And I mean, that first video we did, uh, that's your background is you yeah. and the family. And like, yeah, that could all be a lie, but I don't get that from you. So it's so interesting that do you I'm I'm completely rambling, but I have a point to this. So let me cut to that point. <laughs> do you think you were in a place where actually you were just being overly harsh on yourself or looking back in it, do you think that regret had some validity in the sense that you weren't delivering on things the way the new changed you would have wanted to? Like, is this there, a judgment thing or is this real? There's, there's a touch of both. And that's come up before in um, some conversations I had about as far as me, it, it's sounding like I was being a bit harsh on myself. Um, to be honest, I think it's a touch of both. Uh, yes, will, will I admit to probably being a bit hard on myself when it comes to <clears throat> using the word regret, but the truth of it for me is this, and it's something that I find myself um, coaching and teaching people on quite a bit. It's the fact that if and when there's something that you would like to be better what are you doing to improve it? Like, what are you tangibly studying, reading, uh, investigating, researching to improve on that? And, you know, to use the example of of a marriage, like I was a good guy. My wife and I didn't never fought much. We have phenomenal marriage. We've been married 22 years now. So we didn't have, quote unquote, big issues, uh, comparably speaking. But I know for a fact I never picked up any books about relationships or how to understand um, how to understand people's needs, like human needs and behavior, the things that that I've kind of dove into now as a career. I never gave it any interest. I always thought I am who I am and people are who they are. And hopefully if you have a little bit of patience, you kind of work things out. But there's so much more to uh, there are so many bigger and stronger and better ways to improve our lives than just saying, hey, let's just hope we figure it out. There's so much information out there on any topic, whether it's relationships or business or parenting or social friendship or confidence. There are all these things that I know that I, and trust me, still have plenty of things that I am and am looking to improve upon. The difference is now that I intentionally try to improve those things. Mm -hmm. Far from perfect. I'll never get there. But I had no drive to look for ways to improve. Like the, I didn't have, you know, what's the, probably the best word is I didn't have the curiosity I have now. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and if there's anything that that event did for me, 
it was to spark and ignite my curiosity. Yeah. You know, how do you understand people better? Like I, I was, you know, back then I was, I was kind of bullheaded. Like I, I was bullheaded about little things like, you know, ha wanting to be right all the time about, you know, if there's a disagreement about something or a discussion, you're always trying to prove your point. Yeah. That is one of the biggest wastes of time. And it's one of the <laughs> most like relationship destroying things that are out there. But that was me. And, and for years, there are plenty of times my, my wife brought that up. She's like, you know, why do you find it necessary to defend yourself all the time? And I did. Mm. And I was defensive about the idea that I was defending myself. And, and you know, in, in hindsight, it's you, you mentioned not being able to imagine myself back then. I can't imagine myself yeah. before this. Like, I would not recognize that dude. Like, I think if I met him, if I met me from 10 years ago, you know, we would have a long conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, 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 dude, what are you thinking about? Um, and again, I was I, I, I was not a bad guy, but I, but I wasn't I didn't have that curiosity to intentionally try to improve upon the things that I wanted to improve upon, whether it was career, relationships, uh, any of those things. And I do now. And, yeah. and, I, and I take pride in that. And it's something that I share um, very empathetically with people that look, look whatever it is that's, that's going wrong, we can rock this like we can get we can get better at these things. There are, there are plenty of ways that we can break through that next plateau and, and get to where we want to be. It's just a matter of clarifying what that place is that you want to be and then plotting the steps to get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but before that I was coasting dude. And, and when that happened, I realized that I had been coasting and that's what hurt. Yeah. You know what you were, it was the four letter F word. Fine. And yeah, you were fine. you were fine with being yes. fine, and that's yeah. like I always say it with a little bit of a an attitude. I'm like, it's fine, you know. Like when you say it like that, people are like, oh, okay, I get it. Is <laughs> yeah. another word for it's good enough, you know. Yeah. And and for a lot of people, good enough is good enough. And like, yeah. more power to you. Go if that's really what you want. That's okay. That's like I feel like you if you have that wake up, you come to the realization that no, I good enough is not what, how I want to describe my life. Yeah. And yeah. and why should it be? That that scares me, Brian, the idea of, you know, getting to 60, 70, 80 years of age and looking over my shoulder and saying, well, yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. You know, that was really yeah. good. Like that, that, that dull, non-exciting, yeah. You know, never really tried to do all those bucket list of things that you wanted to do, never having stepped out of there and, and, and given it an honest shot. That is what scares me these days, you know, and, and that's that's why I keep doing these things that scare the crap out of me, because I'm like I said, I refuse to feel that regret again. Yeah. Well, good for you. Um, and of course, good for everyone else that yeah. it was a wake up moment and not a. Uh, a never waking up again moment. Sure. Selfishly, I don't, you know, that's fine that you live for you, but I'm psyched for me. I got my best friend. <laughs> um, all right. So that I, I, this is awesome. Um, except that, like, you know, I'm, I'm hurting for you feeling that of everything you should have been dealing with in that moment that you were feeling that way about yourself, but I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Um, so bring us forward. You, what you're doing today as a result of that and trying to inspire for others. You do have specific niches that you focus on, but you're trying to achieve, there, there's a commonality there. And it's, to me, it's so tied to your story. So what, what is the push today and how does it relate back? 
Yeah, the push today for me is uh, really, like we mentioned earlier, it's, it's about influence. Um, and and it's fun, Brian, you know, like we we just met, I think it was, I don't think it's been two years. Uh, well, you and me? Yeah. No, because my book's not even, the book's like 15 months old and, and you interviewed yeah. me several months on. So it had to be early 17, yeah, it's right? it's been about a year. Yeah, 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 it was early 2017. So, and, and my point to that is that, you know, back then I didn't even, I, you and I wasn't even talking about writing a book, but no. here, you know, here it is. I have this book in my hand about influence. What, what happened for me, and I don't know if you and I ever talked about this or not. What, what happened was I was, I was learning all these things and I, and I developed this, this online course. Cause like I said, I wanted to teach, um, teach what I was learning. Yeah. And, um, you know, what? I can answer a question that you wanted me to answer earlier because uh you know that the name of my podcast used to be best life of your life yes and then i changed it to which is really clever success. yeah yeah well well you asked me why i changed it to unbreakable success and what happened was as i was learning these things i had this nah, i'm not going to use the word epiphany all right i guess i did <laughs> <laughs> i had this thought that what happens for a lot of people is this like we all start out with these like good intentions, like, you know, we get married, we start a career, we start a business, we become a parent and we all, we all embark on whatever journey it is. And for most people, it's multiple things because we all have those things kind of going on in our life at some point. Um, and, and we have these aspirations in our head of the goodness of what those things could look like. But what I started noticing and realizing as I as I was engaging in you know my coaching practice and reading and all, and all that kind of stuff, I was noticing this very simple principle that after we start out towards those things, the inevitable happens. We get hit with these problems. These these obstacles show up in our way, and they wind up breaking down our progress. Mm. And what happens for a lot of people, like to use you know use a career for example. Somebody starts a career in, say, real estate, and things don't go the way they thought they were going to go. They don't sell as many houses, or they wind up working at an agency that don't like, and they wind up stagnated for insert your problem here. Yeah. And and a lot of times, what what's really it tears my heart up is that when I see these things happen to people, and whether it's a career, or relationship, or anything else. When those problems happen and they and they knock them down and they, and they kind of break that progress, they stop mm. and they say, "Well, this is pretty much as far as I'm going to go," and because I got this problem, and I don't know how to I don't know how to get around it, so I guess that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And what it led me to realize is that most of those problems fall into like a handful of categories, most of them, because it's usually about our emotions. Fears, influence, relationships, um, goal achievement, uh, how to make changes. Like all of those, there was only like a handful of broad categories that these things, these problems fell into. And I realized that if we would just learn how to deal with those things a bit better, we'd be unstoppable. So, in other words, if you had a relationship problem that has stalled your marriage, well, learn more about relationships like mm -hmm. learn some some fundamental 
principles about building really strong and lasting relationships, and that will help you deal with that problem. Yeah. Or if there are emotional issues, learn about emotions, how they work, how to how to generate better emotions. If you learn that, then when those emotional issues come up or those fears come up, and you get what I'm saying, yeah. any of these categories that come up, if you learn how to get through them and, and become skilled at them, because everything I'm describing, it they're just skills. They're not you know, they're not things that are bestowed upon us. We don't get bestowed, you know, the art of making good changes in your life. They're skills. And some people learn them inherently through their, their culture, their upbringing, their family, their friends. And other people don't learn to be very skilled in those things. In either case, wherever you've kind of naturally or organically evolved to, you can pick up from there and continue to learn the skills. Just like anything, I, I mean just like sports or anything else or, or music. Some people are kind of take to a particular sport more than others, but it doesn't mean that you can't learn to become more skilled at that thing. Um, and that gave me this, that, that gave me this idea for this online courses, which is what I built. And then from there, I started realizing that the majority of the content that I created and the things that I were teaching were really at their core. They were all about influence uh. and the, the, it, and it took me a while to kind of sit back and realize that. And when I made that realization that what I was really teaching people was how to influence themselves better yeah, and how to influence the people in their professional and personal lives better, I realized that all I was teaching was influence. Yeah, And that's what, that's what sparked me to write this book. And that's really what's at the core of what I do these days um, with my with my coaching and obviously with the book and with a lot of my the keynotes that I've been doing a little bit more frequently now, and um, yeah, that's that's what it's all about. It's really helping people to to learn how to powerfully influence themselves better, and once they get that foundation, how to influence their world a lot better. And it's it's been it's been life changing. Yeah, I'm so glad you focused on influencing yourself and that that's the starting point because. Yeah. So much of what's out there, and you know how I feel about online courses that teach you how yeah. to sell an online course. Like that's sure. their, their, their business, <laughs> basically like when you sign up for it, you're just proving out their model. Um, yeah. But one of my issues is so much of it is on how to, they're, they're either on how to just make a lot of money or how to do something outwardly focused. Sure. And actually that's, that's hollow. That's never yeah. going to bring you to the point where you can, you can sustain, you can be a complete person. Like, you know, you had that wake up moment. Some people don't get that and they keep yeah. fumbling through life doing what is prescribed to them or at them, maybe more yeah. accurately. And if you don't take the time to focus on yourself and learn how to influence yourself, which takes understanding yourself, then mm -hmm. the rest of it's really irrelevant. Like whatever else you do career-wise or, you know, whatever opportunities you take or don't take, it, it kind of doesn't matter because you're not yeah. a complete person who's engaging in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very true. And it's, and I, and it's funny because it, I, I love, I love that in hindsight, I'm really glad I picked this topic because it, it creates for some, creates the opportunity for some great conversations because yeah. I've had people ask me why, you know. Why influence and why does this matter? And I'm like, yes, now we're gonna get really get into it. And and people wind up realizing that, wow, it really does all boil down to influence. Whether you're trying to make that sale, or whether you're trying to repair that marriage, or whether yeah. you're trying to you know repair that relationship with that colleague that you can't stand and they can't stand you, all of it is influence. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. 
Well, and thinking about, you know, if, if you're a parent, for example, do you want your kid to listen to what you say because you're their parent and you told them so, or because sure. they're afraid of you when you raise your hand? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or because you have influenced their life in such a way that they look up to and respect and admire yeah. you. And, you know, one of their, their greatest goals is I hope I'm half the father, mother, grandma, you know, whatever it is yeah. that, that this person is. That's the gut check too, man. I, 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 that's one of those things that pop into my head all the time. You know, we're from that generation where it was, you know, you do what I say because of my title. Yeah. Whether it's mom, dad, teacher, boss, whatever. And it's, and sure, in many ways, you can force that on somebody, but that's not really, it's not really influence. No. That's just, you know, masked dis disengagement. Yes. You know, that's just somebody fighting for survival. They're doing what they are told because they don't want to be, you know, fired, spanked, right. insert your, you know, repercussion here. But that's not truly influencing somebody's character, their behavior. Well, in some ways it is influencing their character, but it's usually negatively. Yeah. And, and they're not going to, when you're not around, will they continue to yes. follow the, you know, it's like growing up, we didn't have a ton of rules around you can't watch TV or you can't drink soda or whatever. And for the most part, self-regulated pretty well, except for me with food. But otherwise, um, you know, then I'd have a friend come over who wasn't allowed to watch TV at home. And yeah. the whole time, they just want to sit there watching TV, drinking soda. And I'd be like, let's go do something. It's like, you know, the yeah. fat kid actually wants to get moving. But because uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was just like they didn't know how to behave if someone wasn't holding it over their head. Sure. You know, sure. And, and yeah. if you, you want whether it's an employee or a, a child or a spouse or, or anyone. Yeah. You want them to take from your teaching, your example and yeah. make the smart decisions, whether you're there or not. Absolutely. That's actually, it's funny we, that we jumped onto this topic. It's actually a, a quote card I put up on Instagram months ago. Oh, no way. Uh, that the, trio, uh, the true measure of your influence is what you've inspired someone to do when you're no longer around. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's, it's the truth. That that's, that's what the influence is. When, when you're not, if you inspired some, to, someone to do something that's positive when you're not there anymore yeah. and I, now you, you, you've done it. Yeah. You've impacted them. Yeah. And I think going back to self-influence, you can't expect to influence anyone else if you can't even influence yourself and they sure. will see that. Yeah. You know, they'll see through, like you can tell for anyone who's, who's had a bad boss, you can tell that they're incredibly insecure people. Sure. You know, yeah. a bully, there's a yeah. reason why bullies are, are at their core, like they're beaten up, they're broken. Yeah, they can't even influence themselves. So it's it is really interesting to me how much we have to start with that first level self influence, and from there that opens up the door to, as you're saying, influence others when you're not even around. Yeah, and that's the that's the challenge, and the and the challenge is the is you know what I I love about what I do is the the challenge is to help or encourage someone to just just open up open up enough to start self-reflecting and, and exploring the possibilities and exploring and, and, you know, because one of the toughest things for people to do is to realize that there are underlying reasons for their behavior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some, it's, it's tough. It was certainly tough for me to learn and realize that, yeah, there are reasons why I do some of the good things I do and there are reasons why I do some of the not so good things I do. 
and it takes it takes a lot of guts to go there to be willing to go there and try to figure it out and start um understanding yourself a whole lot better it's it's not comfortable initially but it certainly is absolutely rewarding yeah you don't do any not so good things don't kid anyone ah you're right (laughs) (laughs) um i genuinely don't think you do but then again we live in different states and at least at least on the internet i don't see you doing anything bad so i'll give you a pass i I, I gotta keep up appearances for uh, my boston friends man you guys are up there doing all kinds of amazing things so i gotta i I gotta i gotta put on a happy face for you guys on behalf of the (laughs) entire city thank you because i don't think anyone's (laughs) ever said that about bostonians so good for you um it's Aaron, your show i gotta be nice bro. yeah that's right i can just not release the episode um <laughs> hey man thank you so much for doing this it it means the world to me and and uh we've tried i think we had like four or five um ske- you know scheduled meetings to to get this thing recorded and each of us it, it's tricky because we're both on this path of trying to help others and yeah that's an important path and so it means quite often we don't get to put our our personal needs first. And I've wanted sure. to have this conversation with you for forever. Um, I'm yeah. just like, we finally got to do it. It's funny. We, we, we actually, we kind of meet every week, but we don't get to, to really get into things as much as we'd like to. Yeah. You know, I know exactly. Pretty cool. Um, so I want to, uh, I just want to give you a chance to share out with, with other folks, where can people find you and and what are the things specifically that they can look to you for the things that you're offering out you know you mentioned your book your courses what are some of the things people can turn to and where can they find it yeah um i'll I'll try to make it as simple as possible and just my main website uh, is com. that's uh, aaron with two a's r-o-n and from there you can link to my podcast unbreakable success uh, which is in a lot of ways similar to to your podcast, Brian, um, yeah. but I, t- I tend to have a lot of entrepreneurs on the air. Uh, we always talk about their story and then, uh, you know, we usually lead into some tangible things to help you out in business and or life. Um, from my website, you can grab a free copy of my book, uh, Million Dollar Influence, How to Create Life-Changing Connection, Trust and Impact in Your Business and Life. I give the book away for free. You can get a free digital copy or you can get a hard copy shipped to you. And either way from there, um, it'll give you a link to understand a little bit more about my online course and what it offers. And what you can get from the book is, I can very quickly break it down into three parts, uh, Million Dollar Influence. Number one, we jump into human needs and behavior that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, because whether you're looking to improve your business and life, and hopefully both, uh, we for us to be able to effectively influence anyone, including ourselves, we need to have a baseline understanding of what is already influencing us. Mm. And there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of research that goes into helping us understand that a lot better. And I kind of break it down and what I, what I intended to be very simple framework to make it understandable. And um, fortunately I've been able to teach it enough that the feedback is phenomenal. And I I usually get a lot of heads nodding saying, Oh wow. Yeah, you're right about that. So it's kind of pretty cool experience. Uh, The second part of the book is really about the nuts and bolts of influence, the the things to do and the miss and the common mistakes to not do. Mm. And then the third part of the book, uh, the final part of the book is the long-term game, uh, which is really about how to ultimately influences about relationships whether it's relationships with an audience that you're speaking to or readers that are reading your book or clients that you're serving, it's ultimately about relationships. So the last part of the book is about how to build 
authentic and lasting relationships. And again, broken down to a really, uh, I'm very much a pragmatist. Like yeah. things have to make sense to me. So uh, I certainly, when I went to write this book, I'm like, All right, I, I got to make this as simple and bread and butter as I can, but make it powerful enough to be effective, but also make it understandable enough. So I'm not trying to wow people with, you know, oh, you know, research studies and graphs and all that stuff. No, this is things to help you put into effect immediately. You know, as soon as you take a look at it, you can go, oh, that makes sense. Let me try that and see how it impacts <laughs> my life. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I hope everyone, I hope you find it uh, simple enough. Um, so yeah, AaronKeithHawkins.com. And if you want to go straight to the book, AaronKeithHawkins.com forward slash MDI for a million dollar influence, MDI. Uh, and you can get a copy right there and uh, it'll be yours. All right. Well, I will link to all that in the show notes. And I, I just want to say, you know, I, I've seen your courses. You've had me look at them. Um, there's, there's something unbelievably genuine about who you are and how you deliver your message. So if people are, are feeling that right now, understand that's not podcast to you. You know, this is, <laughs> this is the way that, that your material comes across as well. And that's, that just makes it so accessible is it's not, um, it's not like you're going to get wowed with this flashy, slick delivery. Of, like, not to say you're bad at it. It's just like you're not selling anyone on it. No, you're just, no, you're, it's, yeah, yeah, you're sharing a really real message from a very genuine place in a way that people can take in, and um, no one will walk away learning how to sell courses on how to sell courses on how to sell <laughs> courses. It's just, it's, it's real stuff that, um, surprisingly, a lot of us need help with. Yeah, I appreciate know, it, man. Really, yeah. that that means a lot. I appreciate you uh, you saying that and sharing that. Thank you. You are a very good presenter, so it's not that you know. I'm not saying you're junk at it. It's just well, I kind of rock so it on stage. Just, you do. You know, it's, it's just me. You do, no, you're you're really good at it, but you're good on camera too. Oh, um, thank you. See, look, we've we've gone full circle. It's now see? just back to me yep. being like, Aaron, We're you're the to best. The, back to the bromance. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. All right, well. I, I'm I'm so thankful to have had you on here, and um, you know I feel like well, look I already know everything that you're talking about because we've we've been talking about this stuff for a while. But I sure. I'm sitting here honestly inspired and educated beyond where I thought I was before. So I'm I know anyone listening would definitely be because I've already heard this stuff and I'm still feeling it. So I'm I love how this came out. So thank you for sharing all this with us. Oh uh, man, I'm uh, Brian. You know me. I don't I don't I don't throw a lot of fluff. I sincerely appreciate and uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to to not just speak to you again, but to speak to everybody listening to your entire audience. That means the world to me. It's it's I'm extremely grateful and thank you for having me and thank you everyone who's listening for for being a listener of Brian's because you're you're already family as far as I'm concerned if you're here listening to the show. So make awesome. sure you subscribe to his show. If you haven't already, leave him a quick rate and review. It means a lot. Trust me for us podcasters, that's a big deal. So if you're loving his show, uh, not just this episode, of course this episode, but make sure you uh, subscribe to my buddy Brian's show. He's he's doing great things here. Well, ditto on Unbreakable Success, and now I have nothing to say in the outro because you've just said everything. I don't need to do any pitch. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, the great and genuine Aaron Keith Hawkins, thank you for doing this. Will you help me close things out? Uh, yeah, certainly. You remember the line? I do, I do. Right. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm a pro, man. You know yeah, that. yeah. Well, I used to, I used to try to like blend it into the conversation, and it always just was super awkward, and then people didn't even realize that I was trying to. So I just come out and say it now. I don't even care anymore. Um, cool. All right, today is a new day, 
go out and do it. Yes. Aaron, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Take care. All right. What can I even say to follow that up? Is that not one of the greatest people you've ever listened to in your life? He's incredible. Such a great guy. Uh, You have to go to AaronKeithHawkins.com. Check the show notes for the link to it. You'll, you'll get all the information there about different things that he's putting out there that you can take in and start to use to better your life. You can get links to where to follow him on social media. He's really active on Twitter and Instagram and he's on Facebook. He's, he's all over the place, but you have to go check this guy out and definitely subscribe to Unbreakable Success. I'm not just saying that because he just plugged this show, but it's, it's just a really good show. Like there's great guests. He's an excellent host, um, really knows how to pull the lessons out of people and get them to give their story in a way that inspires and touches you. And that's like, to me, that's the best kind of show. Um, that's what I strive to do. And I think he's a great example of someone who's really successful doing that. So AaronKeithHawkins.com. And as he said, of course, you should be subscribing here and leaving a review and all that. Do the same for Aaron. He deserves it. It's great stuff. Um, and I will leave it there. Just reminding everyone, today's a new day. It's your choice to go out and do it, so why not? You know, listen to what Aaron said. Don't just kind of live a life of good enough and just trying to get by and not rock the boat because it's kind of fun when the boat rocks. You just have to know what you're doing, and you have to know where it's heading, and you can do that. So go out and do it. Take care, everyone.